The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Um, I've been away for a couple of weeks and uh, off and on in July and August because of conferences and other things, but I'm back to uh, teach a new book and I want to talk to you about this book because this show today is an introduction to the material. We'll start in a chapter one next week. Um, I During my last show, which was, I believe, on July 29th, I told you that I was going to start teaching the book, The Eye of the Storm, the I, capital I, of the Storm by Gary Simmons. Uh, Gary Simmons is a unity minister who wrote, in my opinion, one of the best books I've ever read, um, Eye of the Storm. Matter of fact, I'm going to teach this whole entire series, and then at the, after I finish teaching the entire book, I'm actually going to have uh, Reverend Gary Simmons come on the show. I'm going to interview him about the book. What I want to do is give people a really good look at how you, as he says, embrace conflict and create peace. So this book is about really discovering and living from your spiritual center. That's really important. 
discovering and living from your spiritual center. Many times we hear about these quote unquote best practices. We hear about how we should live our lives, quote unquote, how we, in other words, you know, affirm and pray and be still and forgive, et cetera. But he really gives techniques. He get, he has questions. He has many things in this book that I feel can really benefit a person's spiritual growth. And I have greatly benefited from working with his material. I've read this book so many times, dozens of times. And I said, you know what? I think it's about time for me to actually do this book chapter by chapter. So today I'm only going to work with some of the intro, the foreword and the introduction because I think that they will speak to what the book is really all about. Also, if you have any questions about what I'm covering today, make sure that you call me at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. If you think about it later, like, oh, okay, well, let me um, send him a message. The quickest way, obviously, for me, as I've said before, is to contact me through Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, which is my Facebook page for this show, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I have an email address for this show. I have to do better at uh, checking uh, more frequently because messages come in infrequently through that. Most people contact me through the Facebook page. So with that, uh, I want to get to the book. And I want to remind you that this book is inexpensive. It's thirteen ninety five. And you could get it through Unity uh, Publications or Unity House, I guess they call them call it now. You can get it through Amazon.com and many other places. If you go to Christ Universal Temple or a similar New Thought Church, the local your local bookstore might have it or might be able to order it. You can check into those things as well. But I would say get it as soon as you possibly can. I'm going to be teaching this book all the way through to November. This is what we're going to be studying. It's not a very thick book, but it's very detailed in principles. So we're going to get right to it. We're going to deal with the foreword. Now, the foreword isn't written by Gary Simmons. It's written by a man named John Babs. But he has a couple of points in the foreword that I think really speak to what the book is about. All right. First, he tells this story about this guided imagery, about what does it mean to incarnate into a body. I'm not going to get into that. You can read it on your own, and it's really good. But I think I would take something away from it if I pick certain points out of it instead of allowing you to read it from uh, as a whole story. Uh, he basically writes um, on page four of the book, if one has a clear sense of purpose and direction for his or her life, that life must still be lived and enacted within the dynamics of the human condition with all its attendant pressures, contradictions, and conflicts. I want to read that again because I think it's really important. If one has a clear sense of purpose and direction for his or her life, that life must still be lived and enacted within the dynamics of the human condition with all its attendant pressures, contradictions, and conflicts. So what the person who wrote this foreword is saying, Mr. Babs, is 
You can know what your life is about. You can know that you are a spiritual being. You can know that you're the image and likeness of God. You can know what your visions, dreams, and goals are. But that still has to be lived through the human experience. And the human experience has its own set of, as he says, pressures, contradictions, and conflicts. In other words, working through what it means to to be a spiritual being, having a human incarnation, and all that goes into that experience. What does it mean to interact with other human beings who have different uh, cultural upbringings, different contexts, different paradigms? They just see life differently than you. Uh, you know, there are people who who think like you, who who act like you, who behave like you look like you and that tends to bring about comfort that being said the the more things that you can relate to with an individual the more comfortable you, you tend to be around those individuals uh, Gary Simmons speaks to this greatly in mind of the soul another book I might end up teaching for a long time um, in 2016 because uh, Gary Simmons talks, he, he gives a checklist about how, not a literal checklist, but basically how, you know, if I'm a African-American male, new thought, uh, in a age bracket, you know, with a child, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, certain, I relate to people who are similar to those aspects. And we, and, when people feel as though that they are in the minority of a of a situation, in other words, not a lot of people that relate to me, or uh, how do we react to that inherent uh, to those inherent differences? That doesn't make it good, bad, or indifferent. Just different. And what he's saying here is, you can have a sense of purpose, but you're still going to deal with the pressures, contradictions, and conflicts of what it means to live in the human experience. People are not going to like you just because you show up. There'll be people who don't like you and you're trying to help them. And that's okay. Back to the book. He says on page four, when one was asleep or only dimly aware of his or her purpose and direction, these conflicts and paradoxes were not as apparent as they become with a greater understanding of one's purpose and personal destiny. What's that saying is when you are not really spiritually awakened, you're not really recognizing these conflicts, these paradoxes, these contradictions that are going on. But when you become aware of purpose of destiny and personal destiny, in other words, what is, what is your soul leading you to? When you start becoming aware of that, you start to to now become aware of the other things that your soul has to work through, evolve through, grow through, overcome for you to really walk in uh, as a enlightened being on this planet. All right. He goes on to say in the next paragraph, we are always being asked to remember our divine nature and our spiritual commitment as simultaneously we are asked to face the challenges that life presents us. So I'm dealing with 
reminding myself that I'm a spiritual being, that I'm divine, that I'm the image and likeness of God. I have a spiritual commitment to to be the way of love, peace and joy and power, understanding, wisdom, etc. in this experience. Yet at the same time, I'm dealing with work stuff, family stuff, friend stuff, neighborhood stuff, city stuff, nation stuff, gender stuff, race stuff, political stuff. So how do I show up as a divine being in those experiences? That's the question, see, because many times we tend to shift our personalities. We act certain kind of ways when we are, um, when we encounter different aspects of our lives. Therefore, my question is this. Am I being authentically my spiritual self in this situation? That doesn't mean walking around with the Bible or whatever you consider holy scripture or whatever or being holier than thou. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, am I showing up authentically in this space? Am am I showing up as love, as peace, as harmony, as understanding, as wisdom, as power? Because depending on the situation... Certain aspects of God might need to come to the forefront, but I'm still coming from my divinity, not from a sense of ego, a sense for of fear or fragmentation. All right. Back to the book. He says on page five, after he wrote a lot about being a channel of light and love, and he says, um, God is love and we are God's emissaries sent to earth to be the vehicles through which this light, love and healing power can be expressed. I totally believe that. That's why we're here. We're the conduits, we're the vehicles through which God's light, love and healing power can be expressed. But then he wrote something I think that is really great. He said, it is one thing to know this, quite another to live it. It is one thing to know this. Quite another to live in. In other words, it's quite another thing to to have this data, to to work with it as a concept, but to deeply integrate it into the who you are as an individual, to where you live it. That's a different conversation. This is why Jesus said, uh, "Eat my flesh." Drink my blood. We use that in many other ways. But what he was saying is take what I'm teaching you and make it a part of who you are. When I was a kid on ABC on Saturday mornings when I watched the cartoons, I would wake up every morning and watch the Super Friends. And they used to have these commercials that they would teach um, lessons to kids, several of them, like I'm a bill, and I'm only a bill, and others, et cetera, stuff like that. But it was one that talked about food, and it said they would sing, you are what you eat from your head down to your feet. And it, would, it was a whole song explaining how what you ate was transmuted into the cells of your body. Well, what you think, what you perceive, what you believe, 
what you accept is incorporated into your consciousness. You're building your consciousness with something. What are you building it with? So he says, this is the magic of the eye of the storm. Gary, in a very practical day-to-day reality-based manner, discusses the challenges, temptations, and hazards the world presents to us that distract us from our purpose. Distract. In other words, these things are happening. Are they distracting me? Gary Simmons calls it E plus R equals, not Gary Simmons, excuse me, Jack Canfield calls it E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. Event plus response equals outcome. This is what's happening. I can control my response. That will determine my outcome. So he goes on back to the book, back to the book he says on page five, Gary is able to give us through his book, very practical techniques, both spiritually and materially based for remembering. Oh, that's key for remembering who we are and what our mission on earth is. Like the Blues Brothers used to say, I'm on a mission from God. So when situations and circumstances come into your experiences, events, as Jack Canfield would say, we have to be reminded of who we are and what our mission is. That's really, really key because if you get distracted into something that has nothing to do with who you are, what your mission is, then who's fulfilling your mission? Who's fulfilling your purpose? Who's taking care of what you're supposed to be taking care of? In other words, you have to remind yourself when I'm just going to say it how I'm thinking it. When stupid mess shows up, you have to remember, I'm not here for that. When people bring drama and trauma to your life, if you can apply principle to it, uh, that can help that individual move along and transform the experience, great if they ask for it. If not, remind yourself, I'm not here for that. I am not here for that. When people try to pull you into the gossip, uh, he said, she said, and slander and and judgments and tribal mentality of us against them, remind yourself, I'm not here for that. You literally have to remind yourself, I'm not here for that. Over and over again. I'm not here for that. Yeah. So it's very important that you get this. All right. So before we take our first break, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So please go to unity.fm, click on the donate button and help support this online ministry. As Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. I would also like to remind you that, excuse me, that you can get the book, I'm sure, on Unity's website along with other things. I really want you to get this book. Don't play around with just listening to the show. Also want to remind you that this show is available on iTunes and Stitcher apps. 
So make sure that you can you get those and download them for free. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right. Okay, so now we're back. I'm talking about the book, The Eye of the Storm, and I'm basically doing an introduction. So I'm actually going to the introduction on page seven. The introduction is only three pages, but it's going to take up the rest of this show. Uh, because he makes some statements that seem to be just quick simple statements but they have a lot of meat in them all right so in the introduction he writes no one is against you this is the absolute truth you may not believe it now you may have a lifetime of evidence to the contrary but until you realize that the entire universe is for you you may never experience your wholeness and true worth. The purpose of this book is to awaken you to the truth that there is only one presence and power at work in your life. And that presence and power lives in you as the spirit of God. For this reason, no one or nothing can be against you. To realize this is to claim your divine inheritance as a beloved creation of God. All right. Let's, I'm going to read it one more time for emphasis. Because even if you have the book, I just want you to just slowly absorb it. And then we're going to talk about this page. No one is against you. This is the absolute truth. You may not believe it now. You may have a lifetime of evidence to the contrary. But until you realize that the entire universe is for you, 
you may never experience your wholeness and true worth. The purpose of this book is to awaken you to the truth that there is only one presence and power at work in your life and that this presence and power lives in you as the spirit of God. For this reason, no one or nothing can be against you. To realize this is to claim your divine inheritance as a beloved creation of God. All right. Now, the first statement, no one is against you. This is the absolute truth. Now, in my book, besides highlighting that, that uh, those two sentences, I underlined the word absolute because this is where people get tripped up. Absolute truth versus the relative experience that they go through existence. Some people call relative truth. Absolute truth means what is true in God, what is true about God, and what's true about God is also true about you, about me, about us. The absolute truth, what is eternal, what is permanent, what is enduring, what is unchangeable, that is absolute truth. So when he writes, no one is against you, this is the absolute truth. Realize what that statement absolute is really saying. That the universe is for you. He says, I love this. He says, you may not believe it now. In other words, you might not be able to accept this now based upon many things. You might not be able to accept this to be true right now that no one is against you. You might have a lifetime of evidence. I wrote out of my book, I drew a line and I wrote facts to the contrary. So I tell you no one is against you. Then you start telling me all the stories about somebody bullying you or somebody that stood in your way or somebody who stole your girlfriend or or they got, you know, they, they stabbed you in the back and got what you were supposed to get, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People are against you at work. Parents don't agree with you. Uh, divorce. Children acting crazy, siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, cats, bears, trees, dogs, etc. However, we, you know, we we tend to come up with this is something that is a, or someone that is against me. Some people even feel as though their bodies are against them when their bodies are not expressing physical well-being. Some people feel as though the, the government is against them or the or the uh you know and i'm not saying that relatively that in relative experience these things aren't happening i will never devalue somebody's facts i will never devalue what a person has lived through but what's the absolute truth and we as metaphysicians as metaphysical practitioners as new thought students have to learn how to differentiate from that which is absolute truth, that which is ultimate reality, and that which is temporal existence. Because the closer we can pull our consciousness to ultimate reality, to eternal truth, to absolute truth, the more that absolute truth, that ultimate reality expresses in our lives. So I'm not trying to debate your facts. Your facts are your facts, and you have a right to those facts. What I'm saying is this. 
The absolute truth is no one is against you. And that might be tough to swallow if you're going through some stuff with some people in particular right now. Back to the book, he says, but until you realize, and if you have the book, I want you to underline the word realize. Because realize just means that you made it real for you. You've accepted it for true. And thinking and feeling. Thinking and feeling. Until you realize that the entire universe is for you, you may never experience your wholeness and true worth. I have to accept. I have to make it real in my thinking and feeling nature or natures that the entire universe is for me. Everything that is created is for me. In other words, when it says the universe, it's talking about God. It's talking about the universal laws that govern the universe. It's all for me. The ability to think and create my my life experiences is for me. Now, what I choose to do with that is a different conversation. But it's for me. And if I don't realize that the universe is for me, then I'll get caught up thinking that people owe me something. People don't owe you anything. (laughs) That's key. But the universe, that's a different conversation. The universe is supposed to support your consciousness. The universe is here to support your growth. When you're open and receptive to what that means for you, the universe is for me. I'm born to win. We say it this way in the Universal Foundation for Better Living. We believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. We started off with we believe. In other words, we have to accept this to be true. This is a statement of, of belief of what we accept as true for every person. We believe that it is God's will. God's will, not just my will, not just what I want. We believe that it is God's will. God's intent that every individual, every, not some, not some races, not some genders, not based upon nationality, not based upon your economic status, not based upon how much education you have or don't have, every individual. On the face of this earth, and we just limited to the term earth, but I would say every being in what we understand to be the universe, whether that's spiritual or material, because we don't even know what that means. But let's just stick with the earth for now. Every individual on the face of this earth should live on the face of the earth should live a healthy, happy, excuse me, happy, healthy, healthy, happy and prosperous life. I'm about to butcher it. Now, this is key. If I really believe that statement, then I'm saying the universe is for me because it's God's will. The universe is for me. So the book goes on to say the purpose of this book is to awaken you. In other words, as you read, you start to wake up. 
as you start to do the exercises, you start to wake up. As you start to contemplate what you're reading and pray about what you're reading, you start to wake up to the what? The truth. What truth? That there's only one presence and one power at work in your life. Mm. Do I really believe? Do I really believe? Do I really believe that there's only one presence and one power? And that one presence and one power is at work in my life. And that one presence and one power's will for me is absolute good. Do I really believe that? Again, back to the foreword. When the gentleman John Babs wrote, it's one thing to know this, quite another to live it. What what would my life look like if I truly believe there's only one presence and one power at work in my life? What type of choices would I make about love, about money, about career? about craft what 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 choices would I make what would I go for what type of goals would I have who would I want to help what would I do who would I be if I really believed that there's only one presence and power and work in my life and that this presence and power lives within you or me as the spirit of God Do I really believe is the question that the spirit of God lives in me as my true nature? Do I really believe that you could be on the on the circumference of this belief for decades? Studying, reading these type of books, listening to these type of broadcasts. You can even work at a unity or religious science or a UFBL church. You can be a minister. You can be a teacher. You can be many things. You can hear this sun up and sun down and still not have a life that is based upon there's only one presence and one power in my life. There's only one power and one presence at work in my life. There's only one presence and one power and this universe is for me. It's God's will for me to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. I'm supposed to have it. I'm supposed to have my good. Why? Because the universe, not people, not organizations, not nations, the universe owes me a living. Now, can we accept that? I have to ask myself, can I accept that? When the bank account doesn't look the way I want it to look, there's only one presence and one power in my life. God is substance is the source of my supply. And there will always be a way for me to be able to take care of my wants and needs. 
when the body isn't expressing the way I want it to express, can I still say there's only one presence and one power in my life? Even if I'm in the hospital bed, even if I'm post-surgery, even if I'm tubes and other things are going on in my body and the world and the facts are trying to tell me everything other than there's one presence and one power in the universe. When the world is trying to tell me that the spirit of God, there is no, there is no wholeness within me. When the divorce happens or the breakup happens uh, and you're trying to find your way and create a new sense of identity. When the pink slip comes, when the business fails, can you still believe there's only one presence and one power in your life at work in your life, no matter what I'm talking about? Can I stand on these teachings when the rubber hits the road, it matters. He says, for this reason, no one or nothing can be against you. If you believe that the spirit of God lives in you as your true nature and there's only one presence and one power, and that one presence and one power uh, lives in you as your true nature, you're the extension of vehicle or conduit or emissary of that one presence and one power, then how can anything be against you when this, that same spirit of God is in every individual, in every form of life, and in every uh, atom of existence? He says to realize this. He keeps going back to that word realize. To realize this is to claim. To Now get this. To realize is to claim. To realize is to claim. How do you claim your good? You realize. To realize this is to claim your divine inheritance. To realize this is to claim your divine inheritance as a beloved creation of God. To realize this, to accept this in your thinking and feeling natures, is to claim. How do I claim my good? I have to realize. How do I claim my health? I have to realize. How do I claim my prosperity? I have to realize. How do I claim my loving relationships? I have to realize. How do I claim my goals and my dreams? I have to realize. Only through my realization do I claim my divine inheritance. This is why I tell people revelation plus realization equals manifestation. You, if Just because something is revealed to you don't mean you realize it. Revelation and realization are two totally different things, but there is no manifestation without realization. Really stand and understand what that means. Is this true for me? Is it true for me? I get that Jesus got it and Paul got it and these spiritual leaders and masters and teachers, whoever you like to read, study and follow, they got it. But what about me? What about me? Joe Goldsmith's realization of God doesn't benefit me. That's why Reverend Johnny Coleman used to tell people, don't wait for me. I might be at the picture show. That's what she used to call the movies. Eating popcorn. So you got to learn how to stand on your own two big spiritual feet. She used to tell us that 
all the time. You have to learn how to stand on your own two big spiritual feet. Now, I'm not saying that that means you have to stand alone, but you have to be able to stand on your own. Are you willing to know this for yourself? No matter what, the universe is for me. There's a divine conspiracy to express good in my life. Can you accept that? I'd like to hear from you coming up on our second break. Uh, you can call in, ask a question, or make a comment at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. I'd like to hear from you. Let me know how this is connecting with you, because it does matter. So we're going to take our second break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, Trusted king when earthly governments fail. All-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio.
been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have uh, Sandra on the line. Sandra, are you there? I am. Hi. Where are you from? How are you? I'm excellent about yourself. I am well. Thank you for um, starting the the study of of this book. I don't have it yet. I I am going to get it. Um, But I did have a question for you. Sure. But can you let me know where you're from before you ask the question? I'm from Buffalo, New York. Oh, beautiful. Okay, beautiful. The land of much snow. (laughs) I'm messing with you. Of much snow. (laughs) Of much. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What is your question? Well, the question I have, you know, I'm listening to um, the approach that the writer is saying in terms of how um, we deal with things. And what I'm having problems with is a lot of us live in the world, <laughs> and and what I'm hearing is more from a spiritual perspective. And I don't know how you make that transformation so that you can practice some of the principles that he's talking about in in the world system. Or can, or is that not possible? I guess that's the question I'm, I want to ask you. Is it possible to function with these principles in the world system? Well, my first question, that, that, the Simple answer is yes, yes, it is. Now let's drill down. The purpose of the book, and I'm not going to give, try to give the whole context of the book in one answer. That's why I'm telling mm-hmm. people to get the book, do the reading, listen to the shows. It's going to be exercises in the book, et cetera, et cetera. But let's just deal with what you're talking about first of all. Um, what I'm going to say is going to require you to, um, if if you agree to accept a shift in paradigm or context, mm-hmm. you don't live in the world. You live in your consciousness. What do I mean by that? You, your physical body lives on the planet Earth in a particular time, 2015, August, whatever it is, 19th. Mm-hmm. Your physical being lives on the planet Earth on August 19th, 2015. Your physical being has been here. It interacts with other individuals. Your physical being interacts with physical, other physical things. There's chairs, there's people, there's houses, there's homes, there's jobs, etc. But how you interact with life or the world, as you say, is totally mm-hmm. dependent on your paradigm, your context, your consciousness, completely. Uh, depending on the situation and circumstance, you can see life totally different than someone who has basically the same cultural upbringing, same gender, same nationality, Mm -hmm. same race, and you can see life totally different. Why? Because it's not just what's happening on the outside. It's not just what's affecting you. It's also what you, how you see life. Actions 
are always consistent with perception or your paradigm or your context. Mm -hmm. So therefore, how you engage life will be determined uh, is determined by what you believe. So, for instance, if you believe that you can apply spiritual principles to the real world and still be functional, then that has to be your exp- your experience. Not because that's inherently true, but belief just means what you accept is true. Now, what I would challenge you to this, and I say challenge, I mean challenge you personally, challenge your belief is to say this. Has there been anybody who's ever applied spiritual principle to life and still was a functional, productive individual in society? I'm not talking about living like a monk off in a mountain somewhere. I would say that there are plenty mm-hmm. of examples of that. Has there been anybody who's ever applied spiritual principles and, and and were able to, through the application of universal principles, prosper, become wealthy, and or financially independent? I know that to be true. Has there been anybody who's ever healed their body through the application? Now, the world says that that's not possible. I know it to be true because it happened to me. So I know that to be true. So the question comes into play is what you can accept and what you can't accept determines your own experience of it. So what this book is trying to do is help you shift your context, not just shift it, create a new one. Jesus Uh said, I, I, I don't know how familiar you are with scripture, biblical scripture, but Jesus says, I'm in the world, but I am not. You know the rest of it? Of the world. Not of the world. Right. So how do you live in it and not be of it? In other words, how can I be be in this world, but my consciousness is not dictated by what it is trying to present to me as the way I have to show up in this experience? So, hmm. so, so that requires a paradigm shift. It requires a paradigm shift for you to look, walk past the mirror, and instead of saying, wow, too thin, too fat, oh, that's getting older, where did that gray hair come from? Instead, walk past the mirror and see the beloved child of God and realize that your body is the temple of God. It is the vehicle through which God expresses. Those are two totally different paradigms. Those are two different worlds. Two totally different Giving worlds. you different results? Giving you different results. You got it. Because your performance is going to be totally connected to your context. So what this book is trying to say is you have to you have to create a new one. Because the old one doesn't work. It won't give you your it won't give you a connection or an awareness of your spiritual wholeness. It's only going to give you the byproduct of what it's been producing. Um um my um uh spiritual colleague I uh uh Michael Beckwith, Reverend Michael Beckwith. Are you familiar with him? Mhm. Yes, I uh, we were we were just um, um, in a conference. He showed up at our uh, Panorama of Truth conference in Jamaica a couple of uh, a week and a half ago now. And one of the things he, he spoke about was people are always asking him, "Should we say should pray to save the world? We have to save the world." And he says, "I don't want to save the world." You know, he's he's like the world that produces war and violence and hate and prejudice and racism and sexism and all of the phobias. He said, "We don't want to save that world." He says, we want to be the conduits for the emerging paradigm. Do you see the difference? 
I see the difference. Okay. So, so, so you're trying to make this fit into your old world instead of creating a new one. Going back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. He said, don't try to put new wine in what? Old wine skin. skin. Oh, so if you're trying to put the spirituality and this new realization of who you are into the old Sandra, it's going to do what Jesus said, what happened to the wine, uh, to the wine skins that will burst because the, the, you, who you think you are now is not equipped to handle that. You have to grow and expand and evolve to handle the truth about who you are. That's the job. That's deep. Wow. Okay. Whoa. So this ain't about okay. you staying the same and making this fit. You got to give up who you are. As Paul wrote, I die daily. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's mm-hmm. not about maintaining the status quo. Because if the status quo was happy, you wouldn't be listening to True Transforms right now. You're, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that anything is wrong with it inherently. But something in your soul uh-huh. knows is more. Yeah. Okay. That's why people listen to shows like this. It's it's a it's a it's a deep desire and thirsting in the soul. Jesus said, "Those blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." It's because you know somewhere deep in your soul, you might not have the answers, but something into in you intuitively knows there's more to it than this. That's why you would seek out a show, but like this. But here's the thing: that's not to maintain who you, your current identity. And that person, that person can be evolved. That doesn't mean you just turn into a totally different person, and it might mean that too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's aspects of me that are always the same. I do certain characteristics, uh, you know, cross my legs like my granddaddy, blah blah blah, stuff like that. Then there's certain ways that I think. That I would have, no one would in, in a million years would have told me 20 years that I would think like this, or 20 plus years ago. Not in a million years. Because I'm not that person anymore. And you, if, if you get serious about studying these truths, and you literally shift and create a new context, a context that's based upon oneness instead of duality. See, when you function in duality, you're always trying to make life fit into your spirituality instead of just creating a new life, a new paradigm, a new context, a new way of seeing and being. It's it's a different conversation. So So don't try to say oneness. Right. Oneness. You you said duality and oneness. So oneness being a one mind. Oneness meaning. You are one with God, life, the universe, the source of all good. Duality in the sense of believing that there's good and evil, uh, uh, God and some other being or some other aspect that interferes with your processes of good and well-being. Duality thinking just believes God and. Oneness is there's one presence and one power. Okay. That's the way it shakes out. So I'm not saying you have to get all of that now. That's why you get the book, and we're going to work through it. 
and you grow on your own and at your own pace and your own speed, and that's okay. All right? Sounds good. Thank you so much. Really You're appreciate um, the, the, um, sharing the information. Be blessed. I, you also. God bless you. So Thank you. Bye. Bye. So at this point, well, I'm next week I'm going to cover pages 8 and 9 of the introduction, and we're going to go right into chapter 1, No One is Against You. I want you to really work with this material. Don't play around. Get the book. Order the book. I don't want uh, you saying, well, just listening is enough. There's no way I'll be able to cover every sentence in line in this book. This book is packed. I could teach this book for a year, and it wouldn't be exhaustive. That's how much I love this book. But I don't want to teach the book for a year, so I'm not. You got work to do. I tell my students, I teach, I teach, you read. It's your job to do the work. I'll present the, and do the best job I know to do, but you have a responsibility as well. With that, God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. 
Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life. 